Welcome to the TDL Project. You're listening to the second episode of a mini-series I call Project Arcane. In this podcast series, I will be recapping and sharing my thoughts on each of the episodes of Netflix's fantasy animated series, Arcane. This is going to be a detailed recap, so please be warned that I will include heavy spoilers. For better continuity, what I'm not going to do here is do a scene-by-scene recap the way the show was done chronologically. I thought it would be best to focus on one character's POV first before we jump to another one. So without further ado, let's start with Arcane's episode 2, Some Mysteries Are Better Left Unsolved. Episode 2 shifts the focus to Jay's Talus. Later on, we will know that he is from the house Talus, and their family is best known for toolmaking. In the first scene, we see him and a companion arriving at the penthouse Vice Group was currently robbing. As he tried to open the door, it was jammed from within so he couldn't get in. And then the explosion happened, leaving him unconscious. Enter a cutscene of him as a child and his mother walking in the middle of a snowstorm. We're not given any context of what they're doing there or how they ended up there. His mother was visibly weak to even walk. And out of nowhere, a stranger came up to them and performs an intricate magic spell, which transported them to a safe location. I love how they did the animation for this. The animation for the series just continuously blows my mind. The man who saved them never really spoke, but gave him a blue crystal, which he kept like a keepsake until the present day. I think this was the first time Jay saw magic in person, and it will stay with him as he grows up. So going back to the present day, Jace was detained for further questioning by the council. Turns out that he actually was doing unauthorized research and had some illegal equipment in the penthouse, which makes him quote-unquote dangerous. While in detention, Professor Heimerdinger, a member of the council, visited Jace to whom Jace explained that through his research, he might actually have a way to harness magic through science. The professor was shocked and was against it right away, saying that arcane, another term they use for magic, is dangerous and could not be controlled by science. He advised the 24-year-old to own up to his mistakes and admit that it was dangerous, and maybe they get leniency from the council. One thing to note is that one of the council, or one of the seven council members, was Mrs. Kiriman. The Kiramans are Jace's patrons, and his friend who was accompanying him in the first scene was their daughter, Caitlin Kiriman. During his trial, at first, Mrs. Kiriman was on the side of Jace and spoke up for him, especially after his opening statement wherein he seemed to have taken the advice of Professor Heimerdinger, saying that the materials he was using was far more dangerous than he anticipated and he asks for forgiveness for endangering the lives of people hoping to continue his studies. Others were not fully convinced and there was a debate between the council members. When all of a sudden, Jace, who couldn't take any more of it, suddenly blurted out that he was actually trying to create magic. And everyone, the council members, the audience, was stunned. I think what Jace was trying to do here was unprecedented just based on everyone's reaction because most of them believed that the arcane or magic is something that you are born with, and that it could not be created. And Jace was arguing that it might be possible and they could use it for good, if they could just give him a chance to prove it. At this, 
Professor Heimerdinger has heard enough and demanded Jace to stop. He said, Jace doesn't know what is at stake. Professor Heimerdinger, by the way, is already 307 years old. So I believe that he has some very good reasons for his reaction and he has witnessed or experienced something horrible previously when it comes to the arcane. He has seen this power in the wrong hands and it must not be repeated. The council was ready to come to a consensus to banish Jace when his mother spoke up from the audience. She said that what her son did was unwise and foolish, but he has a good heart. She pleaded with them to let him come home with her. The council fortunately listened and he was given a lesser sentence. Now, instead of being banished, he was expelled from the academy and was put under the care of his parents. Back in his parents' house, Jace was in his room, depressed. He tried the Kuramans to seek support for his cause, but they won't see him and Caitlin was not allowed to be friends with him anymore. Feeling that there is no future for him anymore, we see Jace back in the penthouse and was about to jump off a ledge when Victor, the assistant to the head of the council, interrupted him. So Victor was with enforcers when they investigated the penthouse after the explosion. And when he came back together with Professor Heimerdinger to sort of clean up whatever dangerous items uh, were left, he picked up Jace's uh, notebook and kept it. Victor could sympathize with Jace because he sees him as someone like him when he was younger. Someone who no one believed in, didn't even have the benefit of having a patron. He was from the Undercity and felt like an outsider the moment he stepped in Piltover. On top of this, he also had a physical disability, so he knew exactly how it feels to have no support at all. He was in the audience during Jace's trial and he believes that Jace was on onto something and would like to help him complete his research. So this is the moment when their friendship or partnership started. And let me just repeat one of my favorite quotes from this episode. Victor said, quote, when you're going to change the world, don't ask for permission, unquote. Now, let's get back to Vi and the rest of the gang. So in the meantime, they are lying low in their hideout, which was kind of like a dilapidated arcade. Then Piltover enforcers suddenly appeared and was searching the area. They eventually stumbled upon where the kids were hiding out, and just when they're about to search them, side note, Powder has the crystals in her pocket, by the way. The kids were able to run away. Back in the last drop, this is the bar or tavern Vander owns, after what happened, Vander was now being pressured by a group of people to fight back. But he was standing his ground, saying that they've walked this road before and it didn't end well for their people. He believes that this will blow over, they just need to stand together. Vi and the kids were listening in and were also puzzled with Vander's stance and this was when Echo told them that he overheard that Vander and the enforcers had a deal. Now, this is important to remember that the deal was between Vander and Grayson, the Enforcer's commander. The Enforcers under Grayson don't seem to be aware of this deal, and with the Enforcers being pressured by the council, Marcus, Grayson's second-in-command, took it upon himself to march down to the last drop and do a search. Vi, Powder, Clagger, and Milo were in the basement where they usually hang out, and Vander was able to give him a signal. So they were able to hide while an enforcer searched the basement. This was a very tense scene and you could actually feel the tension and the scoring intensified it even more. Now, how did Marcus get the information that these were the kids they were looking for? 
Remember that unnamed antagonist during the last scene in episode 1? His name is Silco, and it turns out that him and Vander had a history, and he met with Marcus and told him about the kids. Now we know that Silco definitely hates Vander for some reason and would go out of his way to hurt him. So in short, Marcus was not successful in finding the kids, which made him even angrier and when he left, he basically threatened everyone in the club or in the pub. By the way, Grayson eventually found out about what Marcus did and she was so livid at him. So basically, this confirms that Marcus did this on his own accord. So after this, Vi was so mad about what happened. And the first time I was watching this, I was like, Vi, why are you so angry at Vander? This was kind of like your fault. (laughs) Um, Anyway, Vi was so mad about what happened, especially because the enforcers could have taken any of them. And she was ready to fight. She's ready to change their lives and fight for a better future for Powder. Vader took her to the bridge where they lost so many lives during the last war between the Topsiders and Undercity. Vander was one of the leaders of that uprising and blames himself for the loss of so many lives, including Vice's parents. Vander was resigned to his belief that nobody wins in war. He tries to make Vi understand that he knows exactly how she feels because he has walked this road before. And sure, she could go the same route, but also he asks her who is she willing to lose. Seeing Vander's perspective, Vi has calmed down, but the problem remains. The enforcers will come back and what are they going to do? Vander says he doesn't know too, but he'll figure something out. In the last scene of this episode, it seems like Vi decided to give herself up to the enforcers because we see the enforcers coming and she was waiting in a room like she was anticipating them. And then it faded to black and the credits rolled up. So I'm loving this. First episode, I was hooked. And then after the second episode, I'm totally invested. This is not driven just by plot but each of the characters are given much thought and i love it when we have a character driven story this was one of the main complaints that i had when i was reviewing an ongoing series uh, in another podcast with a friend which was i couldn't understand one of the lead character's uh, motivations and usually if this is the case it's quite difficult to get invested in a lead or even a villain or even in the story So I do really appreciate when writers spend time in a character to make sure that they are fully developed. So that's it for my recap of Arcane's episode 2. If you also loved it, or even if you have a different opinion about it, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at the TDL Project or message me on Discord. The link is in the show notes. Would love to hear your feedback. So I'm trying to release all first three episodes on the same day. So hopefully as you are listening to this, Episode 3 is already up. Uh, So if you've seen the final episode for Act 1, consider listening to my recap and reaction to it as well. So thank you, have a nice day, and see you in the next episode.